Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 17th of December 2020. We are, what, less than eight days away from Christmas. Hope everybody out there is being safe. Um, we uh, are, you know, got a little bit, a little bit of snowstorm on the East Coast yesterday. Uh, throughout the course of yesterday, didn't get much in the DMV, but uh, you know, heard of New York, Boston, Jersey kind of got hit hard. So hopefully, everybody up there is safe. I'll be heading up there soon. Um, a lot to discuss as we head towards you know the heart of the holiday of the Christmas season. Um, busy weekend coming up with the football, college and pro. Um, but we're going to begin with the National Football League, the NFL owners approving the formula for the 17th game of uh, for 2021. Now, it, the 17th game officially has not been approved as of yet. They're going to wait, you know, they'll, they'll wait until next year and it will get improved, approved, you know, sometime, you know, sometime in March or in the off season before next season starts. So there will, there will be 17 games next in 2021 in NFL. There's no, there's no two ways about it, but the formula has been approved where you're going to have the NFC versus AFC. Uh, you'll probably have a situation where you have the first place, you know, first place teams taking on uh, like an NFC East first place team taking on a AFC East first place team, something like that. So though they, they ironed out all those, um, those quirks and, and 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 they have that um that will that that definitely will will be that definitely will be a 17th game next season because number one i mean how much money was lost because of the pandemic with no fans um you know players you'll hit you'll hit the normal gripes and moans and complaints but the bottom line is bottom line especially in the nfl the players want their money uh, that that you know that's that's all there is to it. It's not it's not like it's not 18 games. It's 17 games. So they can uh, they will um, push back a little bit. But this 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 is going to get passed. Remember, under the CBA, there was a negotiating. There was a window where the owners could push for a 17th game within the next. I think that window was from like from like 2020 to 2023. So that's definitely going to happen um, come, ne- uh, come next season. Uh, PGA will not mandate vaccine uh, players or spectators to take the vaccine, um, which makes sense uh, from a standpoint that, again, I'm, you know, whether it, it regardless of what you believe in, um, in terms of the vaccine, no one should be forced to take the vaccine. I uh, and listen, I'm not, and you know this 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 whole idea that if you don't if you choose not to take take the vaccine that you're against science is a bunch of bullshit. It's not the case. Uh, I'm not taking the vaccine anytime soon. Um, and again, I probably you know for my age group and considering you know I won't be eligible for it until next summer the way the way it's being rolled out. But even then. I guess I'm going to see what what it's looking like for the from uh, in terms of others who have taken it before me. So no one should be forced to take the vaccine. You're not, and you know you're not pro-Trump if you take if you choose not to take the vaccine. It's not it's not a political thing if you choose not to take the vaccine. 
uh, similar to what, what similar to what we've seen um, seen it seen it with the uh, with masks with people choosing not to wear masks. Um, again, it'll be very interesting to see how many people actually take it. Um, we've had a number of black doctors, African American doctors, come out and say, "Hey, I'm going to take it because I want you know Africa, I want African Americans to take it, or just to show that hey, it's safe." Okay, that's fine. I, I, and I, you know, more power to them. Uh, remember, a lot of these doctors, you know, a lot of these doctors that really don't have a choice but to take them, especially if you're if you're on the front line. So keep that in mind as well. But again, uh, I, you know, I, the PGA, I'm not surprised by this decision by the PGA, PGA whatsoever. And plus, with golf, you can actually social distance, unlike football, unlike basketball, even baseball to a lesser extent, hockey. There's, you know, golf. You know, you you have to be doing something. I mean, you really have to be out there in the streets, uh, in these streets, if you if you catch the COVID through uh, playing golf. Like you, you know, that's so even with spectators. I mean, the golf courses are so massive; they can spread people out. They can even have you know, you can have small gatherings, small crowds. It's outdoors, so golf is a sport that I, honestly is tailor made to be played during this pandemic more than just about. I would say more than just about any other sport. Guys would be perfect, maybe with the exception of tennis indoor, you know, tennis indoors with no spectators. But in terms of spectators, uh, golf is, is, is a tailor made to be played during this particular time. So, no surprise that, you know, no surprise whatsoever that they are not going to make players or spectators take a, uh, take a vaccine. go Giannis staying put the Greek freak is going to remain a Milwaukee Buck for at least next four years uh he signs a five-year 228 million dollar contract he has out after uh four years um well next five years because it's a contract extension he has an out after four years uh makes him gonna be high he's is the richest contract in NBA history NBA history. Um, listen, right place, right time, two-time MVP. We know what type of player he is, a legit top three player without question. Um, and so happens just he's only 26 years old. So this is, you know, he could be a free agent again at the age of 30, and he'll probably sign another five-year, $300 million contract. Now, the question is, who, you, who, who will he sign that contract with? That remains to be seen. But, you know, I'll say this. I give, you know, I give Giannis a lot of credit. I'm not going to try to overanalyze this. It's very simple. Giannis is a different type of dude from a standpoint. He was not born in America. He didn't come along. He didn't come up in this culture where guy, you know, guy where players are bouncing from team to team. Didn't come up, you know, he genuinely feels loyal to the Milwaukee Bucks and to that organization and to them, you know, taking a chance on them with the, you know, in the which turned out to be one, which will turn out to be one of the great draft you know draft signings of all time he this guy was drafted i believe 15th in the first round uh in the first round of that 2000 you know say 13 draft yeah i think that 2000 yeah i think he was drafted in the 2013 uh in that 2013 um 13 draft uh 13 or 14 draft but um again one of the great steals of all time like no one when he came to the league no one 
could forever could foresee that this guy would one day be an MVP and in a conversation is one of the best players in the world. Um, I give him a lot of credit because he wants to win. You know, he wants to win in Milwaukee. He wants his and with him, if he's able to pull it off, he's able to win a championship in Milwaukee, that championship will mean, you know, that will be like dirt, like a dirt and a whiskey type championship. That will mean, you know, if you can win a championship in your in a small market, you can win a championship without having a multitude of all-stars around you, those championships are going to count for more. There's all there is to it. Now, they still need to upgrade the talent around him. So Milwaukee, you know, he bought, you know, Milwaukee's still on the clock. Uh, that clock, of course, that clock got gets extended by four years, but they're still on the clock. Um, and listen, it, you know, he's given them an extra four years, you know, four years to to kind of, you know, to kind of build this uh, franchise around him in, in regards to putting a team that is comp that that can win a championship. Does he have to get better? Absolutely, but the the work is not done for that franchise. Uh, adding players and adding pieces around him to uh, win the championship and to win possibly multiple championships. You have a guy, there's no question that this guy is a generational talent. You have a guy of this magnitude, you shouldn't just win one championship. You should win multiple championships. Multiple. Um, now, they will go in as one of the favorites to come out the East without question. Um, I still think, even with Drew Holiday, even with some of the moves they made, I, I still think a healthy Brooklyn team is better. I still think Philly has a high, probably has a higher ceiling, but we'll see if we'll see if Philly can stay healthy. We don't know what's going to happen with James Harden, where he can possibly end up. And I, I tell you right now, if I'm Milwaukee, I would be on the phone with Houston like right now, saying, "Hey, Middleton, some draft picks, but let's you know let let you know let's let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation." So, because um, playing with Giannis is easy, easy, easy guy to play for, to play with. It's not very unselfish. He's not going to dominate the basketball. Does all the he's going to do all the little things. He's going to play defense. Going to rebound, uh, and doesn't need a lot. Frankly, doesn't need a lot of shots to to, to score the basketball. Um, people keep talking about the parts of his game that needs to be that he needs to work on. Forget about the jump shot. Giannis needs just just get a just get a back to the basket game and he will be absolutely unstoppable. Get a back to the back. He's a he's an above average passer. He's a willing passer at that. He gets a back to the back. He gets a back to the basket game. He you know it'd be game over. It'd be game over. I, I'm not worried about his mid range. I'm not worried about his three point shot. Those that I mean this jump shot. The guy you know the guy does his damage in the paint. That's why I want him in the paint. I don't want him taking jump. I don't want him taking a lot of jump shots. I don't definitely don't want him taking three point shots. I know he's improved as a three point shooter. And I know, unlike Ben Simmons up to this point, that he's he's a willing taker of three point shots. But I, but to be honest with you, when Giannis takes three point shots, it, if I'm a defensive player, if I'm the other team, I'm doing. Uh, I'm just saying thank you, thank you. Keep keep shooting. Keep shooting. And as far as mid range, again, he, you know, he's he's not a pull up jump shooter. It's not like again, maybe he can he will add eventually add that to his game. But to me, the immediate thing that he needs to add to his game is a back to the basket uh, post game. 
he has that, they can, you know, that 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 will take that team to another level. Because then, you know, you have you have no choice but to um to double team him. Again, he's a guy who's a willing passer. He's a guy that no one, you know, can handle one-on-one in the post with his athleticism, with his strength. He's gotten stronger uh, over the course of his career. So everybody's focused again. Everybody's focused on his jump shot. I say, you know, I will be looking this season, looking at him this season in terms of how much has he improved in terms of his post game. But regards to that, he stays put. Um... You know, certain team, you know, they're, you know, Miami, I'm certain Miami's and Toronto's probably other worlds are not probably not happy. But again, you can't bang. You couldn't bang your whole future on whether or not Giannis was going to be was going was was going to, uh, you know, blow off this extension and uh, become a free agent in 2021. You got the tea leaves started to kind of figure to kind of feel like. That he was going to resign with Milwaukee, I you know, you know, hearing reports and hearing whispers even within the last couple of weeks that this that this was probably going to be the more the, the more likely outcome uh, with him uh, uh, with Milwaukee. And listen, the situation is different from you know they're talking about LeBron James' situation. Uh, Milwaukee's done a Milwaukee has done a way better job in Cleveland, and they are much better. Uh, they are Milwaukee compared to Cleveland is not even close as far as well-run franchises. Uh, when as you, if you compare compare Giannis now with Milwaukee to what LeBron was with Cleveland at any time in his career, especially at the beginning of his career. I mean, some of the moves that they made and some of those teams that they put around them were a joke. I'm talking about the first iteration. I'm not talking about the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm talking about like the Mo Williams, uh, Delonte West, Ruby <laughs> Gibson, those guys, guys like that. You know, uh, those teams. Uh, old, uh, uh, old Shaq, Ben Wallace. I mean, the list goes on and on. So that, that team was not well run. They did an awful job of putting pieces around the bond, and he left. Um, Giannis, you know, different story. You put you. You know, they continuously tried to try to add pieces. They tried, you know, the Bledsoe trade did not work out. They didn't make, they didn't make, they didn't do a good job with, with not keeping Malcolm Brogman, but they got, they get Drew Holiday. They add, you know, they have shooters all around on the team. Brooke, you know, not Brooke Lopez, but uh, yeah, Brooke Lopez, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, so they've done a really, they've done a, a good job. They've done a, a very good job at building around them. It's just a matter. Of, I think they need to pull the trigger on getting on either getting James Harden or going after Bradley Bill. At the end, and if you combine that, and Giannis takes his game, continues to improve, which he has every year of his career, Milwaukee will be right there in terms of winning, possibly winning a championship. Now, if all that happens and they still can't win it or get to the finals, then then you need to get then you need to change coaches. So if they get a Bradley Bill, if Giannis comes back a better player and you still can't make the finals, then you need another coach. But overall, this is, I think it's great for the NBA. Um, uh, to be honest with you, small market, 
uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a great story. It's, you know, it's a guy who, you know, who has a connection to the franchise, a connection to the community, uh, to the fan base. And, you know, and, and the winners, the big winners of this are the Milwaukee fans. And, you know, good for you. You can root, you know, uh, you know, the NBA, listen, it's no secret that the NBA has become a, a rooting for the players versus rooting for the teams. That's, unless you're, uh, unless you're a fossil like myself and where you grew up as a Laker fan and you have been a Laker fan through, you know, throughout all the, you know, through and through, through thick and thin. And there's, you know, there was a little, there's, there was a, a there's been a couple of thin spot, thin, thin gaps uh, for uh, of the Lakers during the last, you know, thirty plus, thirty plus years, not that many, but a couple. But for the most part, in 2020, fans root for the player, the individual player, not the Miami Heat. They're rooting for, you know, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade's, you know, or and what have you, rooting for Joel Embiid's and Ben Simmons's, Simmons's. But excellent for the Bucks. Great for the NBA. We will see what happens as the season inches closer. Uh, December twenty second being opening night. As far as NFL week thir- week fourteen, who's hot and who's not? Let's deal with the hot. The Buffalo Bills. There are some people who think that Buffalo right now is the best team in football and playing the best football of any team in the league. Hard to disagree. Uh, I don't think they're the best team in football, but I, I really you have to love what you're seeing out of the Buffalo Bills. They have a franchise quarterback. They have talent up and down the board offensively. They have a a defense that can you know that can take you know that can create takeaways. Um, Buffalo's playing. And, you know, look at their losses. They've lost some very close games. I mean, the Kansas City game for the most part was a it was a nip and tuck game. We saw what happened with Arizona. On the you know the 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 hail mary at the end with DeAndre uh, Hopkins, um, so Buffalo has played extremely well this season. Um, I, I listen, Buffalo can beat anybody on, on any given day in the playoffs. I told you this a couple, last week. I told you this. There's no dominant team, and you know I, I would love to see Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, I would love to see them get another crack at Kansas City. Green Bay Packers, this is, and they have right now the MVP of the league in terms of Aaron Rodgers. He is playing as well as he's ever played in his life, and that's saying a lot considering that he's been a two-time MVP and for, and for the better part uh, over the course of his career. There was a five, four- to five-year period where he was the best player in football. He Right now, week 14, heading to week 15, he is the MVP of the league, 39 touchdowns, four interceptions. They, I mean, he's, you know, He's he's getting their games right now. He's at a point at a level right now. He'll start off the game like eleven for eleven or twelve for thirteen. Like he's back on that level right now. Accuracy is back to where it once was. Uh, Devontae Adams is one of the biggest beneficiaries of that, as he's been. Devontae Adams probably will be first team All Pro in terms of receivers this year. Leads the league in, in touchdown catches. Again, the Packers defense is not. Anything to write home about, but there, but there is no team in the NFL that is not that doesn't come without flaws. And if you're going to pick a side of the ball where you rather be lacking, it rather be it'd much rather be lacking defensively than offensively. Kansas City Chiefs. I know the Chiefs have struggled over the last month, but the bottom line is they won eight straight games, and they find they find different ways to win. They they are a team 
you know, they're not a dominant team, but they but they do have the best player in the sport in Patrick Mahomes, even though right now I think he would be running up to Aaron Rodgers in terms of Aaron Rodgers in terms of the MVP. He's still Patrick, he's still Pat Patrick Mahomes, still great. That team still knows how to win. And that team, gun to my head, is still to me the team to beat in the NFL as far as uh who will be hosting the uh, hoisting the Vince Lombardi Trophy uh, big-time matchup this week on uh, 425 on Sunday as they uh, as they will um, travel down to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Can't wait to see that matchup with the Saints, the Saints defense versus that chief offense. And the Washington football team. Now, if I would have told you before the season that they would be on a who's hot list, it wouldn't have been the type of hot in terms of winning games. Um, listen, you gotta give you gotta give Ron Rivera all the credit in the world for shifting the culture of this team in such a short period of time. Uh, the defense played great throughout the course of the season. They are a legit top five defense. We saw what they did against San Francisco. Chase Young was all over the place, and they can rotate their defensive line. They have a lot of depth at that defensive line. Alex Smith again does not turn over the ball. He's not going to be. He's not going to beat you by himself. He's not going to beat you with his legs anymore. He's not that player. But what he does, he what he does do is, of course, knows how to knows how to manage a game, and will not does not turn over the ball. So a lot of great karma with this Washington team. They have a, a great a big time matchup against the Seattle Seahawks this week. Uh, looking forward to that. And right now they are they stand at top the NFC East division and. You know, who know, you know, listen, a lot of football to be played. Um, you know, three games left. Uh, but uh, you know, you have to like the chances of this team to possibly get to the playoffs and getting did remember before the season, they were in contention to be one of the worst football teams in the NFL. Like people were talking about them about possibly it what you know, what would happen if they ended up getting the number one pick. They were in that conversation among, amongst the teams that could be a, uh, a candidate to get the number one pick. Um, they, again, culture, culture, culture. Uh, and again, given Ron Rivera deserves all the credit in the world. He should get some consideration for Coach of the Year. Probably won't win it. I'd probably go to McDermott for Buffalo or Flores possibly for Miami, but the, the the job that Rivera, you have to again, unless you root for this team, you live in this town, you have no idea how bad this culture is or was before Rivera got here. How toxic, toxic it was. And again, to turn it around in seemingly just one year is remarkable. And again, it's not listen, I you can talk all you want about the division. Forget about the forget about the division. We know the division is bad, but I'm just looking at how they're playing, how they're playing football. They're not beating, they're not beating themselves. Defense has developed ahead, you know, somewhat ahead of schedule. And, and we know they have some limitations offensively. They don't have, they don't have great personnel offensively. They have one guy offensively that can that scares you uh in, in terms of Terry McLaurin. That's it. Offensively. The offensive line is not what it once was. The running, you know, Gibson's is a nice back. He's not an elite back, and he's a nice back. So they're doing this with uh, defense and culture. Uh, who's not? The Steelers. Kind of an overreaction about the Steelers. The Steelers, listen, the Steelers were not going to go undefeated. They lost two straight, but everybody needs to calm down. The Steelers are still a Super Bowl contending team. Make no mistake about it. 
make no mistake about it. They can they can write this ship and get themselves back into uh, back into form before the playoffs start. And remember, home field advantage does not mean you know. Now you want the bye week, of course you want the bye week. Absolutely, you get an extra week of rest, so that does mean something. But you know, it's going to be regardless of who has home field and who doesn't. That's the one seed and who doesn't. It, the road is going to be difficult, and it's going to be a different type of road anyway because of COVID. That's it. That that is you know that that's all there is to it. I'm not off the Steeler bandwagon. I'm just I'm not surprised that people are jumping off the still off the Steeler bandwagon because that's what we do in sports. Uh, you know, we overreact to every recent game or every recent moment. Um, now we know what the issues issues are with the Steelers. They have. You know they have some. They have. They're nicked up on defense. Bud Dupree, that is a that that is a devastating injury that he suffered. You know a couple of weeks back, a couple of weeks back against Baltimore. Um, we know they cannot run the ball right now. That can be fixed. The running game can be fixed, and their defense is good enough to over. Do they have enough talent to overcome the loss of Bud uh, of, of uh, Bud Dupree, who's a tremendous player? Don't discount. Do not discount the discount the Steelers. If you discount the Steelers, you you you. You're, I mean, you're making a big mistake. You write off the Steelers as a as a Super Bowl contender. They absolutely are a contender. Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Raiders have had some just you know off the charts wins. I mean, the Raiders have beaten the Saints and beaten the Chiefs, but they've had some horrible losses. So I, I don't. The Raiders are one of these Jekyll and Hyde teams. Uh, we know they have a lot of talent offensively. Uh, don't necessarily trust it. We, of course, don't trust their defense. Um, but they certainly they are not they're not playing well right now. And of course, the coldest team in this in the and not and I don't mean that in a good way. The New York Football Jets, who are going to go 0 and 16, and will be atop the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. How about your Trevor Lawrence right now? Like if you're Trevor Lawrence, you better savor every moment in this pandemic college football season because you're headed you're headed to the Jets. You are headed J E T S S Jets Jets. You are headed to the New York Football Jets. They're gonna cut Darnold or make him a backup, or whatever. They probably get rid of him. I don't know. But it's saying that by, by the way, it's absolutely no brainer. Trevor Lawrence. Has a is a franchise caliber quarterback in terms of his skill set, his potential. So that that's that that's a no brainer. You absolutely draft him. You don't even think twice about Darnold. Cut your losses and keep it moving. Uh, but man, that you talk about a, a shitty culture. I mean, the Jets. My goodness, uh, that franchise is the, the epitome of cannot of can't get right. And I, 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 I you know. If I was Trevor Lawrence's people, so I would actually, I, I would definitely consider of uh, holding out, of doing, of not. What, I can't blame Trevor Lawrence if he pulls a pulls a Eli Manning. I would not want to go to that franchise. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I not by any stretch of imagination would I want to go to that franchise. Uh, one other note about the NFL: of course, you had a classic game Monday night, Browns. Baltimore, Baltimore seems to have a second life, and they're probably going to probably I would say probably going to make the playoffs. Um, Cleveland, listen, Cleveland, uh, you know, give Cleveland credit. 
Mayfield has played well this season, especially in the last five or six weeks. Um, I think that, you know, we talk about culture. That, you know, Cleveland's doing it the right way by not allow, you know, by not forcing Mayfield to be the guy to carry them. You know, they had the great, excellent offensive line, two excellent running backs. So they're doing it the right way from that standpoint. As far as Baltimore goes, um, I don't know what to make of the Lamar Jackson, <coughs> the Lamar Jackson cramp, alleged cramp break. Um, he leaves the field for like five to seven minutes. Uh, and it almost cost it almost cost him it almost cost him the game to be honest with you. He comes back soon as just as uh, McSorley gets hurt hurts his knee. Uh, now he says that he was getting IVs. There are other guys. Joe Thomas has some comments. Joe Thomas, of course, you know the former great Cleveland offensive tackle, basically said that it doesn't take that long to get IVs. You can get IVs on the sideline. So so what happens is. You get uh, conspiracy theories. You know, was he taking the shit? Was he really, you know, was he really hurt? It, you know, a bunch of shit right now that's neither here nor there because they won the game. But certainly not a good look if you're Lamar Jackson to lead the game, go in the locker room, and not not having been a major, not having been some type of injury. Um, so I, you know, again, I'm sure it will come out eventually. But a son, that's that's nothing you want to make a habit of, <coughs> by any means. By any, <coughs> by any means, not something you want to uh, make a habit of uh, leaving the field. Uh, regards to that, as an excellent win for the um, <coughs> for the Cleveland uh, for the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens. Um, now again, neither defense could stop. You know, neither defense had a chance in that game. Quarterbacks just went down the field at will, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, listen, I, I think if you're Baltimore and you have Lamar Jackson, you know, just I think you just let Lamar just do Lamar. Stop worrying about you know him pocket passing and all this stuff. You know, let him do, let him move in out the pocket, let him run, let him be, let him do what he does. Uh, he clearly is not at that point in his career to where he can beat people from the pocket. And it's like, you know, you can't change who he is right now. Maybe, hopefully, for the sake of him and for the sake of their franchise, that, that's, that, that becomes an evolution where he can, you know, develop into a quarterback that can beat you from the pocket. But for right now, you just, you just got to let him run. Because, right, because frankly, for the most part, no one has stopped it for the most part. No one, no one has stopped him from running. Maybe outside, maybe you know Pittsburgh in that first game. I thought did a pretty good job on him, but you know they may have did a decent job on him, but it opened up the rest of the the running game because to where you know Baltimore almost had basically two hundred yards rushing against Pittsburgh in that game. So I I think you just gotta let him do you gotta let him you know do him. And the best version of Lamar Jackson right now is a guy that that know that that beats you with his legs. That is clearly the best version of him at this point. So there you go. Have it. Uh, have it for week fourteen. Um, again, hopefully, you know, hopefully, we get, you have a situation where 
we as of right now the schedule is back on track so you there are no scheduled games for next tuesday or wednesday and uh hopefully you can finish the season that way though again i i just can't believe that covid will not have a say in in how the season goes moving forward whether it be who's in super bowl or whether it be you know possible you know week 18 uh week 18 game so good so james harden is back um with Houston, uh, he played in a preseason game earlier this week against San Antonio. I think he had like 12 points in 21 minutes, like three or 10, you know, whatever. That, that, that's inconsequential. Um, a lot of stuff has been coming out among with Harden about his role in regards to how the culture of the Houston Rockets currently stand currently stands in you know his role in that and it you know his dictation of that here's what i'll say here's what i say i don't blame james harden for the culture the current culture of the houston rockets i blame the houston rockets as a organization ownership daryl morey um as a franchise as a whole what happens is you know Harden's been there for eight years, and he has as many conference finals appearances as they do first round exits. They by far came the closest to beating the a healthy Golden State super team with Kevin Durant. It's not even close. By far, they came the closest. No one else he, like even sniffed that. Even sniffed Golden State when they were healthy with Kevin Durant. So, and, you know, he's won the MVP, finished, you know, countless times uh, in the top three in MVP voting. You know, I mean, listen, you know how I feel about James Harden. You know, he's missed a regular season, has not, his regular season dominance has not translated to postseason play, okay? But he's a superstar player. I think that what happens is you get a guy like James Harden, or a guy on the on on James Harden's level, you have that, and if you mix that in, if you combine that with a weak culture in terms of the front office, this is what you're gonna get. This is what you're gonna get. This is not James Harden is not doing this in Miami. He's not doing this in San Antonio. This is not happening. But those franchises, those cultures are few and far between. Period. You know, players players are gonna, you know, I, you know, I, it's kind of like I was told. On, I've been in education for for eighteen years now, and someone told me a long time ago, and it's some of the best advice that I ever received, um, professional or otherwise. The student doesn't set the culture. or should not set the culture. You, as the teacher, the adult figure in the room, should set the culture. If there's not an adult in the room, and I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about in terms of in terms of someone setting the culture, then you don't have a class. And that's not the that, those are not that's not the kid's fault. That is your fault as the adult. 
you know, listen, I don't want to, and again, I don't want to hear from hear about Russell Russell Westbrook in terms of being allegedly being appalled by this. I, you know, he did the same thing in Oakland. He, he was he did about eighty five percent or close to ninety percent of what James Harden did, did has done in Houston. He did it in Oakland, OKC, own parking spot, dictating practice schedules, dictating when the team playing flies, dictating uh, the music in the locker room, all that shit. Dictating, by the way, dictating something but what the team ate uh, in terms of some, you know, the meals within the locker room, shit, shit like that. All that shit. Now, was Russell Westbrook late? No. Is Russell Westbrook out in these streets in the clubs? Probably. No. He's a family man. Yeah, so he's not, he's not, he's definitely not giving another man, grown man, $300,000. That's definitely not happening. <laughs> happening with with uh, Westbrook, but I I don't want to hear about this. You know, you know, this is the reason why he left and the coaching. No, he left because he wanted to play. He didn't want to play second fiddle to James Harden on the basketball court. It had nothing to do with with the culture of that team. Yeah, but Westbrook knew what knew what, knew what it was before he got there because trust me, it's been like that for the better part of, since Harden got. Since Harden got to Houston and Westbrook, being a star, knows how how star all stars and those MVPs get treated because he got treated the same way, you know, in OKC. So uh, to me, you know, I, I look at this situation again. A player, you know, these guys, you know, these guys only will take advantage are going to take advantage of bad coaches. Or media or or suspect cultures. That's all there is to it. Especially if you're somebody that's going to get the the majority of the blame if the team doesn't come if the team doesn't win. You have to answer all the questions. You know, in terms of the, the media with the media, all the attention is on you. So there's a lot of weight that's carried by a a franchise caliber player, a player or a player of James Harden's magnet, uh, James Harden's ilk. Now. Am I excusing what James Harden, how he's behaved, going to Vegas, not having a mask on, partying? No, absolutely not. It's, it's completely unprofessional and just dangerous considering what our country is dealing with, uh, our country's current predicament from a medical standpoint. But um, as far as some of the things that he's been doing in Houston for eight years, he's been doing it for the better part of eight years. It's not new here. Nothing new under the sun. Uh, Tim McMahon had that report in ESPN, and it was right on the money. Every and, and McMahon, you know, is, is he's right, he's there as he's been a reporter in Houston for a long time. Uh, so he know he definitely has has the pulse of what's going on down there. Nothing, nothing in that report came of any surprise to me, and should have came of any surprise to anybody who's followed James Harden, who's followed the NBA. Period. So. To me, it's just a matter of now. It's a matter of not if, but when he uh, will get traded. If you're Houston, you get the best deal possible. Get it? Just get the best deal. Don't even worry about where he wants to go. Your job is to get the best deal possible for your franchise uh, moving forward. So the NCAA and uh, the Supreme Court are going to 
are going to meet in 2021. And this could be something that basically changes the complete landscape of college athletics, in particular football and basketball. Um, the NCAA is holding on to their life as far as wanting to keep players completely as amateurs. And what's happening, and, and, you know, they, you know, the smart thing for the NCAA to do would be to cut a deal with the players and basically and say, you know what, we've gotten fat off, off these players for years, gotten rich, wealthy off these players for years upon years, and just recognize that that time is, that, 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 that time is done, in particular with basketball. Football has a bit of a stranglehold because you can't turn pro if you're a high school phenom, no matter, uh, even if you're physically strong enough or big enough to play in the NFL, it's just not, you know, it's just, it's just not going to happen from a physical standpoint, more than like not going to happen in terms of coming out after a freshman year or coming directly from high school. So football, you know, as, as a bit, as, if you're a football player come out, you're at a disadvantage. You have to wait, probably wait two to three, at least two to three years before you could make some serious money. Basketball, complete, basketball players, the McDonald's All-American who has pro talent coming out of high school, that guy or the one-and-done guy, that guy does not need the NCAA right now. That guy can go make money in the G League. <laughs> Or even better yet, can go overseas and and be and be a millionaire. Doesn't need does not need college basketball. And the sooner the NCAA recognizes this, the better off they will be as a as an entity. Because what's happening, you know, and you're seeing this, you're seeing this throughout life and corporations and throughout, you know, especially in the music industry. The, and especially in the industry that I'm in, in terms of content creator, as a content creator, if you have the people, if you have the people, you got a built-in audience that you know that fucks with your content. You don't need to go through the, the middleman. You don't need to go through the systems. You don't need to go through the record label record labels. You can get deals on through YouTube. You can get deals, you know, streaming deals. With stream with companies uh, who you know who want to mess with your product, you can get ad ad revenue. And again, is uh, the NCA needs to get out of this archaic way of thinking in 2020. That day, that time is done. That time is done. The player, the players, you know, the players are the most valuable commodity. And again, they are just trying to hang on to that last bit of strand to where they to where they want to want players to remain as amateurs and want to continue. And you know, the thing about it, they you know they want to basically cap what players can make. So they've even they've 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 come around a little bit on. Possibly paying uh, paying players, but they want they want to decide and dictate how much players can possibly be paid uh, be played be paid. It's not going to work out, and I would not be surprised with the Supreme Court decision come 2021 that they rule in favor of the players and it completely destroys the end what the NCA has looked like for the better part of the last you know 
how 70, 60, 70, 80 years. And it's been long overdue, to be honest with you. And they've been, the, the NCAA has made billions upon billions of, on, 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 the, on, the, on, the, on the backs of African-American athletes in particular with basketball and football. Those two sports, they have made by far, well, those two sports bring in more money than, any, than all the sports combined easily. It's not, it's not even close what the NCAA tournament does, what these bowl games are doing, what these conferences with uh, television contracts are doing. Big Ten Network, SEC Network, ACC Network. There would be no, there would be no Big Ten Network without football. Period. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have these networks without football. And seventy percent of the players that play football are African American. So a reckoning is coming uh, with the NCAA. This is all there is to it. You already have individual states who are getting ready for it as well in terms of coming up with different uh, ways that they can that they can pay players because they see the future. They see the future. They see where this thing is going. You know, if you, you know, if you're, if you're smart, if you're a university, if you're the NCAA, then why not have uh, a guy like Trevor Lawrence have his own, you know, offer him like $2 million a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, to me, you know, if the NCAA, like, if the NCAA actually shared with the players, the sport would become even bigger. It would become even bigger. Like, it would make even more money. That money that they would share with players, that they share with the, share with the players, that money would get recruited cooped easily if you just admit to being what what we all know is it's it is big time it's professional sports it's not the amateur part of ncaa ended a long time ago so that idea of amateurism now it's all it is is the idea this is big this is big money sports Again, especially for basketball, these basketball players have they, these guys have other options. They don't need they don't need North Carolina. They don't need Duke. They don't need uh, Kentucky. They don't need these schools to be a big time prospect. And by the way, in the next collective bargaining agreement in the NBA, guys going to be allowed to come directly from directly from high school. That's coming. It's coming. I said I predict within two years. Within 2022, 2023, that if not sooner, that's coming. So you know what? Don't need to go. Don't need to go. Don't need to go play with, with Coach Cal, Calipari, or Shishovsky to get you know to guarantee me being a lottery pick. I'm going directly to the NBA to get paid. And this is long overdue. This is long overdue. Change, change is coming in the NCAA. Again, I would be almost surprised if the NCAA Supreme Court does not rule in favor to allow not only players to get paid, but allow there to be no cap on how much players can get paid and no cap on in terms of endorsements and what have you and, and you know, and their brand, things, you know, getting paid off their likeness, things of that nature. And that is where the world is. That I mean, that is where the world is right now. If you have content, 
and people are willing to pay to hear your content, to see your content. You don't need you don't need corporations at all to put you on. Now you can you can use corporations as partners in terms of as a partnership. Like we're we're partnering. You know, perfect example. Comedy special. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, Andrew Schultz is dropping a comedy special on Netflix. Andrew Schultz doesn't need Netflix. That that's a you know that's a partnership from the standpoint of uh, I'm not you know we you know. I don't need you. I have, he has YouTube. He has a, you know, he, he has his own, he, he has his own uh, brand. He has his own, you know, studio that he records out, out of. Doesn't, doesn't need that flex. He can deliver his, he can deliver his uh, content directly to the consumer without Netflix. That's where we're at in 2020. It is about the, talent more than, it, than, than, than it's about the talent more than it has been ever before in entertainment in sports in any walk of life to be honest with you couple real thoughts so you haven't heard this was a this was a bittersweet story so the major negro, the negro league records from 1920 to 1948 will be included uh, in major league stats, um, it's just a matter of you know figuring out a couple details and which you know which numbers are going to count. But it's basically this is basically a done deal. This is uh, similar to what the NCAA situation is. This is frankly longer would do. Um, I encourage you to do research on the Negro leagues. These were some of the greatest baseball players of all time. It is. Just you know, you know how they were treated by um, this country is symbolic of how African Americans have been treated by America since the beginning of time. Seemingly, um, these guys were all-time great talents. You know, Satchel Paige, Josh Gibson, Cool Papa Bell, uh, guys that you know, you know, Roy Campanella was you know had a stint even you know even Willie Mays had a stint at a small stint in the Negro Leagues and um there's a movie called Soul Soul of the Game that came that that was in that was on HBO about 20 about 20 plus years ago um, around 96 late to mid 90 mid to late 90s uh where you had Michael T Williamson playing Josh Gibson Delroy Lindo playing Sasso Page Sasso Page and uh, of course Larry Underwood playing Jackie Robinson. Excellent movie. Definitely worth watching. But uh, this is something that's long overdue. Um, I'm only, I'm, I can only give baseball so much credit because Faye Vincent, the late Bart, Bart Giamatti, um, Bud Selig, Bud Selig all failed miserably. Peter Uberoff. These are all the commissioners that in the last 40 years or so all failed miserably in terms of handling this, in terms of not addressing this uh, sooner. You know, you know the, the history of baseball cannot be written without African-Americans and the African-American contributions to the sport of baseball. I mean, some of the greatest players in the history of the sport are – Black play or African American players, period. 
you know, and it doesn't like the fact that I think you know the fact that there, there's not a a that the percentage of African Americans in baseball that doesn't bother me as much as it bothers others because I, I just don't think that I just don't think that uh, our kids growing up in 2020 have an interest in baseball. Just they, they just they just don't like I and I I don't know I don't think baseball can frankly do anything about that. Uh, the game you know the game is too slow. Kid, we live in a microwave generation. Kid, think kids, people in general want things fast, quick. Uh, that's not baseball. Baseball is like cognac. You, you want to sip on it. It's not. It's not Gatorade. It's cognac. But um, you know, it, it's 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 unfortunate that a lot of these guys, mostly, I would say, all of these guys, with the said maybe with the exception of Willie Mays. Uh, and, and maybe a couple other guys. I know Buck O'Neill died, you know, back in 06, and, you know, he was like 94. But most of these guys won't, you know, are not around to to even get this acknowledgement, which is really, which is, you know, which is to me a, just a major disgrace and really a black eye on baseball. Again, I'm not concerned about the impact of, the actual numbers, because frankly, it's going to be minimum minimum impact. Like it's not going to change the RBI, the, the great. It's not going to change who's number one in home runs or RBIs. It you know you might have single season bad average that might be adjusted. Um, they said Hank Aaron, not Hank Aaron. Willie Mays doesn't have it, like seventeen extra hits, which is not going to make a difference as far as his standing in terms of all time hits leader. So it's not even about the stats per se, not the, or the impact that this has on the stats. It's about the fact that, for the better part, up until this point, I can make a case that, you know, there was a time when we, then when Americans looked upon African Americans as three fifths a person. I, it's not a big difference with baseball, to be honest with you. Looking at African Americans as three fifths, three fifths a baseball player. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can definitely make that comparison. Considering that these guys' records did not count as major league stacks, and the Negro League, the Negro Leagues have been almost had up until this point has been basically been basically an afterthought, an afterthought. So you know, it, it's one of those things. You know, I'm very careful in 2020 about. When a corporation finally comes around to saying, "Hey, we 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 do respect African Americans," or they put out this messaging about, "Yeah, Black Lives Matter," and uh, you know, no justice, no peace. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I want to see, I need to see more. I need to see, you know, I want to see some, I want to see some CEOs and some owners in those corporations. Baseball, uh, you know, I don't you know. I don't know what what else baseball could do. Uh, to be honest with you, to make me think that this is not pandering, but it doesn't. It certainly, did, didn't help that it took this long for it to occur. It should have happened years ago. It should have happened 40, 50, 60 years ago, easily. Thirty, at least thirty years ago. So. 
hats off to these, uh, you know, to a lot of those guys, to all those guys who, you know, set the, you know, paved the way for African-Americans to play in the major leagues, paved the way for Jackie Robinson, paved the way for Larry Dobies. Um, so, you know, again, do your research. I, I definitely encourage you to do your research on the uh, Negro Leagues and they were just, you know, some of the again, best, some of the greatest baseball players in the history um, of the sport. Um, one last real thought. Um, I don't know if you heard it, but <laughs> Tom Cruise spazzed out on his crew who is currently shooting the, the next, the newest Mission Impossible. I think it's Mission Impossible 7 out in London for not following, following COVID protocols. Cruise, again, we know Tom Cruise is not only the star. He's the producer. He puts money in, you know, he puts, you know, he's producer. He, you know, he, he writes for these movies. He, Mission Impossible's are his baby. And he, and rightfully so, listen, it, there have been two previous times where they had to shut down production because a couple of people had tested, had tested positive for COVID. He appeared, apparently was at his wit's end, and he just he just let the crew, let everybody who was, was within their earshot, just let them have it. Let them have it. Now, listen, I can't blame him because, you know, not only are you trying to get the movie done, you know, you, you don't want to be responsible for anybody getting sick. You don't want that on your, you don't want that anywhere near your name if you're Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, you know, you can say what you want about the him jumping on the couch and Scientology, all that stuff, and all that off the film, off, you know, off the field stuff or off camera stuff. But his reputation as an actor, producer, as one of the biggest names in the history of Hollywood and one of the more one of the most respected names in the business. Um, so he, you know, he's protecting people I mean, he's protecting his name. There's all there is to it. And, you know, I can't knock a dude for fighting to keep people, other people safe. Uh, I just can't. So, uh, you know, that, that seems, you know, a lot of people are making a big deal over that because uh, of mainly because the audio came out. And again, I, you know, I thought, you know, he yelled, he cursed. I, but again, through, through the yell, you got to sift through the yelling, sift through the curse words. He, making, he made valid points. Like, the hardest points were very valid in terms of what he was saying. And, and, you know, in terms of what he did. Again, I didn't think that he was playing, that he, you know, he, he was playing tough guy and playing or being a bully. I think he was genuinely like, yo, stop fucking around. And, you know, like, you can't follow these, these procedures or COVID protocols and you're done. You're out. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. So, you know. Um, uh, no, didn't certainly did not have a major problem with that. Uh, I was wholeheartedly 100% agree, you know, uh, agree with his, his uh, stance in terms of that. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal podcast. Um, for my Wire audience, we are coming back with a Wire episode. We're going to wrap up season three, but season three finale on Saturday. So stay tuned for that. Um, no, didn't do didn't do episode last week, but apologize for that. We're coming back this week, coming back strong, along with one the one one and only Robert Sapp. Have a safe, safe rest of the evening. I will see you next time.
on the on this latest edition of the Real Deal podcast. As always, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe, comment, spread the word. Appreciate your support. I'm out.